0: Of the
1: UDT. Hey folks, Commander Mark Devine coming at you from Feel Fit and Unbeatable Mind, Unbeatable Mind Podcast. I'm here in sunny Antigas, California. I almost forgot where I was for a moment, but if you had any idea of the technological snafus we just went through, then you'd probably see why my brain is a little scrambled. Anyhow, I'm um, totally stoked to have friend and former SEAL, Craig Sawyer, as a guest today. Craig, uh, also known as the Sawman, uh, is probably better known, uh, for his work, uh, in reality TV and some of, you know, his public life. But, um, you know, Craig had a distinguished career as a Marine and a Navy SEAL. He's a sniper. He's a instructor for firearms training and, and close quarter battle. Um, and he is, you know, one of, one of the more, uh SEALs seals when it comes to firearms training and and uh fire maneuver and that type of thing. So um before we get started, before I introduce Craig any further, um quick reminder to go to our website at skillfit dot com and drop your email into our email list so you can stay apprised of all our recent um going on you know and offers and stuff like that that we only send out for our email list. Okay, said about that. Craig, how you doing man? Good Mark, thanks for having me on. I appreciate the uh the shot, buddy. Yeah, you know, I again apologize in public for uh the, you know, trying to figure this thing out. <laughs> you get it, like I said, a couple of too close to technology and things start to park, you know? I don't say no worries. Anyhow. No worries. So what I want to, you know, you have an idea of what our, you know, what our tribe kind of is interested in. Really, it covers a pretty broad swath, but uh, pretty much anything steel gets, gets folks excited. So it's rare to have two SEALs kind of on the phone, kind of chit-chatting. So I think it'd be kind of cool to talk about, to start there. Like what is it that got you into the SEAL teams and what got you through buds? Like what, what were your, what were your drivers that got you through field training and what was that experience like for you?
0: Well, you know, I had uh, a mentor that uh, talked to me a lot about what it meant to be a Navy shield back in, in Texas. I grew up in, in Southern Texas and and I had a rough boyhood. which was typical back there, you know, football, martial arts tournaments, kind of we'd ride in dirt bikes. I had a big brother that, uh, I fought with all the time and fought with a bunch of neighbors that moved down from up the north that were all hotheads. And, and, and it's just kind of a rough and tumble, um, you know, existence back then um, there. And, uh, I, I, I found that uh through football and other things I was able to kind of um uh make a difference when I really went uh hard and applied myself and and was able to kind of find a, a contribution to make you know in sports and martial arts and different things like that um and uh when I started being told about uh what was going on around the globe, I really started getting um you know upset that the, that there were people out there scheming and plotting to to come destroy the sanctuary that that I'd grown up in and and uh right. and bring harm the people that I cared about in my country
1: so, right
0: you know it's actually you know still very patriotic uh, part of the country even though some other you know on each coast you know the northeast and california there's there's a lot of uh you know, waning, uh, um, you know, fading of the patriotism, which is really heartbreaking for me to see. But anyway, I came up, you know, in an area where I really, you know, flying the flag and boy, you'd better be on your feet when they play the national anthem. And, um, <laughs> right. and so really, without trying to sound cliche or, or sound cooler than I really am, um I grew up with that, that outlook and, uh, and the, you know, the mindset that if I could go and, and, and face our enemies, and before they came here to the United States, uh, and, and deal with it, uh, that would be the best contribution I could make to make, uh, my country, uh, um, bright, you know, the cool place that we all like to hang out and have barbecues and, and, uh, yeah. and recreation and, and work and all that and have a, have a safe sanctuary to live in. So really it was, it was this, this draw, this magnet, uh, that was pulling me to go fight and do something, uh, to stop bad things from coming. Uh, and that was, that was my outlook. And, uh, you know, talking to, to Vietnam veteran operators and, and, and hearing, uh, the things that they did, I thought, oh my gosh, if I could become one of those guys, right. if I could forge myself into being that hard, that courageous and to fight next to men like this, that would be a dream come true. Right. And so I, I really just had no sense of humor about failure. I didn't want to be a fleet sailor. I had enough, you know, I'd started off in the Marine Corps, and I didn't have any um, any tolerance for just being uh, in the Navy, nothing against those that do, but that wasn't my calling. That wasn't anything that appealed to me. It was right. the only reason I went into the Navy was to go on the field. And so... Um, failure to me sounded like a really, really horrible option, almost like no safety net kind of a thing. So, man, right. I had a pretty severe right. outlook. I'm like, I was thinking, they're going to have to kill me
1: right. to get rid of me. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. That was and,
0: my attitude uh, exactly. That's awesome. Man, and I wasn't the fastest guy, you know, in my buzz class, but I was kind of one of them, you know, and um, right. I, I, I wasn't the smartest guy there, and I'd like to say I was one of them, but, you know, I was probably just there <laughs> to in that regard. But boy, I sure wanted to be there with all my heart and soul. I, mean, I, had a, right. I had a pretty severe outlook on becoming a warrior and what that actually meant. And, uh, couldn't wait to go, <laughs> you know, uh, lock and load and go down range and, and, uh, and make some good things happen. So really that's where my head was at. And I, I just uh, fought through every day to make sure, uh, that when those guys were getting washed out for injuries or ringing that bell, that it wasn't me. Yeah. You know,
1: so, you know, that's awesome. One of my, one of my favorite quotes. I often say this before a Kokoro camp is that warriors choose the severest schools to forge their character. And you know what? Honestly, I, I think we we shared that. Like I I deliberately selected field training because I wanted to be tested in the severe school, and I knew that I wouldn't fail. And so it sounds like you had that same attitude.
0: Yeah, I mean, I knew That's that that was that was the qualification. That was the preparation to get down range
1: and work with yeah.
0: these operators. And, right. and and do and become a SEAL and do the job. So I uh, was like, right. well,
1: whatever it's going to take, that's that's what I'm going to do. So, so with your you served as SEAL Team One and then you went to uh Neck, which is uh, DevGru. And what what were some of the most powerful lessons that have carried throughout your life in operating as a SEAL? You know, the mindset or the uh, teamwork. What what were some of the things that really were powerful for you that might have some you know, crossover effect or, you know, might be inspiring for others to hear or might lead others to, to get some training in that area?
0: Well, you know, I mean, as far as being an operator, I think for me the key was really having my motivations in the right place. And I'm not saying I was any better or worse than the guy next next to me. But I, I did see that some, some guys were there um because they wanted a, a title or they wanted a, a collar device or they wanted... You know, bragging rights or something like that. And, and I found that they, they kind of, uh, their compass wasn't set on something meaningful, meaningful. So they didn't have a, a really strong direction. And, and right. I just wanted to operate. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to fight and take out as many threats against my country as I could. And, uh, right. and if I survived it, then go on after that later in my life and do other things. Uh, um, right. if that ever, if that if the day ever came. And so I right. think for me, that sense of purpose, or that clarity right. of, of mission of why I was there or was what kept me, you know, focused and not getting in trouble and not getting off track, uh, like uh, some of the other guys do. And, right. um, you know, not everybody that just wanted to hang out and have a beer drinking buddy, uh, recognized that or appreciated it, you know, Hey Saul, aren't you mm-hmm. more of a, you know, this kind of guy or that kind of guy. Well really I, I had in my head what I was there to do and unless we were doing that, you know, um I needed to just keep training or or, or preparing. So um right. one of the best things as far as breaking it down for practical uh application. Hey, the average American, what is it that they can benefit from? Here's something that I learned and I thought was very, very powerful. And I learned it in the SEAL teams, although it was not articulated and broken down um and explain to us uh very clearly in the field things. We just did it. Now mm-hmm. I'm not getting anything sensitive or classified by any means, but when you're training if you if you create adverse conditions and you induce stressors upon the training mm-hmm. it, it better prepares them to solve problems under adverse conditions, which is really all special operations. It, right. It's it's going abroad solving um Solving problems under adverse conditions and sometimes extremely unthinkable <laughs> conditions. Right. From right. it, so you're there to solve a problem, whether it be destroy something, retrieve something, uh, right. or whatever. So right. how are you going to best function under adverse conditions, um, and, and have your best contribution, uh, be carried forward? Well, the thing that really uh, sets a lot of people back is, When the heart rate starts getting really, really spiked and they start freaking out, their mental capacity starts to shut down. And uh, you learn through uh, guys like David Grossman that have done, and he's the author of a book called On Killing and others, uh, who have done some very, very intelligent background studies and and case studies on on what makes people tick. You learn that, man, uh, really it boils down to heart rate. And if you can keep your heart rate... Relatively low in a comfortable zone, you can think much more clearly because when your heart rate spikes too high, it shunts off the blood flow to the more intelligent portion of your brain and you really get reduced to, uh, a caveman as an example, uh, Jimmy, you know, as far as, um, you know, uh, how your, how your body functions, uh, in a certain violent human confrontation. So if you're not used okay. to violence, if someone jumps on you, and starts stabbing you in the chest and screaming in your face, what tends to happen is people their heart rate spikes way up over two hundred, and their body shunts off the blood flow to the more intelligent portion of their brain and they effectively become a caveman for a period of time you know several minutes <laughs> right and absolutely this can happen in a theater fire where people are banging on the door and trying to get out, and they burn up because the fire comes and consumes them because their heart rate's way over two hundred, and they're freaking out and they're banging on the same door, and they're not able to take a breath, calm down, and look around and go, hey, look, behind me, there's an exit door wide open. Why don't I just turn around, walk there, through that open door, and go home to my family tonight? They're right. unable right. to do it because the heart rate's too high. Now, what I teach people in a lot of the training that I do, hey, here's how you can lower your heart rate. And it's not just like uh take a few deep breaths. What I've done, my one of my shooting partners was a brilliant athlete. He used to do the best range of competitions and back-to-back iron mm-hmm. hand competitions. He's an extreme athlete, uh mm-hmm. to put it mildly. He taught me to, to train with a heart rate monitor. So by training with mm-hmm. a heart rate monitor, I was able to figure out a breathing technique that brought my heart rate down very, very, very quickly. And it was simply right. this. I took deep breaths but in my nose, but more importantly, I made my exhale last very, very long. So I caused right. the exhale uh to extend and last as long as I could make it last. Right. So I just right. continued to exhale slowly and let it continue and continue and continue before I took another breath. And when I did that, I could watch the heart rate run and watch my heart rate, rate literally just plummet, just drop. Yeah, that's awesome. And now, yeah. If you if you superimpose that technique over running a stress course, you know you're running up a set of you know several flights of stairs into a shoot house. You got a crash test dummy over your shoulder, gas mask on, and you're going to run into a, a room shooting simunitions and, and guys in red man suits, you know, tackling you and beating you, and, and all these you know stress and and inducing uh, requirements, you know, and you're being graded, you're being videoed, especially with clipboards, you know, decide whether you stay at that unit or you go back to the through a, a regular shield team or something like that. I mean, it, uh, it can get to where if you're not careful, your heart rate is screaming. So then I would use that technique to breathe my heart rate down, and I would inevitably do much, much better. Um, I would right. calm down much quicker. I would think more clearly. I would solve problems more effectively under right. adverse conditions when other guys may not. So I think that's something that I can really share with people is, hey, look. Yeah, If you start to be freaked out, if you start to, you know, if you're getting super ang- angry, if you're getting super pumped, if you sprinted too hard, you're getting super winded, or if, or if you're, you're suddenly scared or you're about to go on the air or do a television show or anything else, just take several deep breaths and cause that exhale to last as long as you can make yeah. that exhale last. And you will feel yeah. much more calm. The blood flow will return. Uh so all portions of your brain and your clarity of right. thought will continue. And with that cognitive clarity um returns
1: your your optimal performance. So that's yeah. the
0: biggest key I could share with anybody like right this. No you know
1: what? I mean that's awesome. Thank you. Right? We we could literally stop the show right there because what you just described is so powerful. And so important for everybody listening here, not just, you know, military operators or tactical folks, but, you know, business executives. And it's actually where I start my training, Craig. I mean, it's the first thing I teach people is to control their breath. And what what I, what I you just described, I call one-two breaths, where you, you know, and this is easy to remember because it's something we can practice. Now, I love the, I've never used a heart rate monitor because I, I've been practicing breath control since um, I got into martial arts back in 85 before my SEAL days. And I I am one 100% with you. That is probably the reason that buds was fun for me. I mean, literally, I was using breath control and managing my heart. And it leads to more than just managing your heart, but that's the first and major organ that gets into control. uh, Then it extends to all your physiology, and then it extends to your mind. Mind calms down. So not only do you think clearer, but you know your your actual your actual mind is actually um, you know it's cycling at a slower rate, and you're able to focus more. I mean, that breath control. Leads to overall control of your body-mind system in, uh, in the ship. You know what I mean? And so you, you can train it though. And that's one of the things that I teach is to train that with, with box breathing. Using a one-two breath where you inhale to a one count and then exhale slowly, double the, the duration of the exhale also has a benefit of, uh, uh, bleeding off carbon dioxide buildup in your body. So you are definitely onto something. And that is a, a profound, profound skill. And uh, I hope everyone listening to this immediately starts to practice every day. And if you uh, get a heart rate monitor, that's a great way to prove the results from a, you know, from an objective point of view. So not just taking Craig's in my word for it, you know, super powerful. Very cool, Craig. So let me um, shift fire here. I, I don't have a ton of time, but um, you, another thing you said, which is super powerful, is to have clarity of purpose and to know your mission, you know, so you can always answer the question why you're doing this. Right, you knew every day why or every moment why you were at BUDS because you wanted to go serve your country and protect your lifestyle. You made that very clear. But when you uh, left the seals, <coughs> were you very were you clear about your your purpose for your next mission, or did it take you a little time to figure out what was next for you when you left active duty seals and went back into the civilian workforce? Well, to be honest with you, my, my
0: priority at that point was to provide for my family. You know, I right. only left, I was at, at my prime. I, things were going great for me at, at there, but I, I really, I was enjoying it as much as I could right. without being, uh, um let off the chain, so to speak. As, uh, right. Like a, to the degree I was a wife to have been to, to go and do more. Right. But, um still, uh, in my prime, Health was good. Things were going going great. Career was going great, uh, but we, my wife, me, my wife let me know we are about to have a baby. I'm like, right. okay, <laughs> well, you know, I, I always realized that. Uh, you know, I mean, I volunteered for everything uh, when I was at the unit, so I was gone uh, a good 300 days a year, a lot of times. Next. Um, uh, that's not good environment to, to raise kids. It's not the model that I had in mind. And that's not what I grew up under. I had a loving mother and father. And I thought it was really, really healthy and empowering, um environment, uh, to, to mm-hmm. be raised in. And that's what I intended to provide for my kids. And so once right. I realized, uh, kids were coming, I'm like, well, let me, um move on to the next phase of my life. And I went into federal law enforcement uh when I could still you know serve my country, I could still you know um train and teach other people and fly myself on aircraft and keep terrorists from hijacking aircraft uh, right. and flying them into buildings or anything else uh, but I could make more money for my family than I could in the mm-hmm. military and um, more importantly, I would be home much more, and right. so that's really where my focus was. I was kind of like. Uh, in a, in a mindset of I'll do whatever job I need to to best provide for my family now so that I can be home more often. Right. And, uh, and that, that was that phase. And then, uh, it got to where I needed to start, uh, contracting all oh, over in the, in the war zones, uh, protecting some of our high threat dignitary protectors, or dignitary, uh, or dignitaries. And, uh, I started doing that and mm-hmm. to turn up the volume. On the income and did that, but then, you know, gone again, uh, quite a bit. Right. And so I did that. Uh, I still actually, um, I do that, but not as, not as often as I used to. And I'm trying to transition more into training people stateside and mm-hmm. film and television, which, um, is picking up for me. So right. um, you know, and with film and television now, I've kind of figured out, okay, here's the door that's opening for me, Craig Sawyer. What's happening? I'm meeting all these key players in Hollywood and and I'm realizing that um I've got i I've got an opportunity to do something here. What do I want to be? Do I want to be a movie star? Do I wanna be a big public figure? No, that doesn't honestly that doesn't appeal to me. But right. what does appeal to me, what matters, what makes me get up in the morning, is realizing that we've got Hollywood, we've got uh, uh, this box, this television on the wall that's pumping out a lot of propaganda, a lot of it nowadays, very anti-American, anti-patriotic, right. anti-American core values that I grew up with. Right. Under, and, and it seems to be very counterproductive and, and like breaking down our society. And I'm like, man, if I love my country, I want to fight for my country. There's more than one way to fight for my country. Right. Like, our culture right. is being broken down deliberately and systematically right now. And I thought, well, right. how about if I'm given this opportunity to, to, to be, to enter the entertainment biz, how about if I start creating some entertainment that's positive, that actually matters, that actually helps yeah. people, that actually trains people, you know, to defend themselves or trains people not to be such easy victims,
1: you know, right. or, mm-hmm. or,
0: or encourages them, you know, or speaks right. to their values and, and what they, um, what they appreciate and I thought, man, that's 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 it. That's what's happening mm-hmm. right now in my life. Mm-hmm. And so I'm gonna charge through that door and I'm gonna attack in all directions and I'm gonna create as much positive uh programming as I'm humanly uh capable of doing and then I'm gonna replicate whatever I'm capable of doing through others and um mm-hmm. and just see what a what a huge impact I can make um with the rest of the days I've got
1: on the face of this planet. And we'll yeah, see
0: hallelujah. We'll see how it ends up.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's awesome. You know, I I feel like there's a lot of, uh, synchronicity between our lives because I, I am too in a conversation with a production company and I've had a number of them kind of approached it over the years, but never, never did I feel comfortable that someone would be able to represent the positive transformation and the effect that the training has and, and, you know, do good with it rather than just entertain it. And finally, I've got, uh, a group that just has given me creative control and, and get it and I'm really excited about that. So I agree. If we can, if we can then, you know, affect people through the media and and get away from just all this negative and sensational programming, then that, that is a win, a big win. And it's, you know, really hard to, to just stay a small training company and impact more than, you know, a few hundred or a thousand people a year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm just excited. And I, the other thing I wanted to say is, you know, I've got a lot of folks who are coming to me through our training and they're saying, hey, what's next, Mark? I really want to learn to be a sheepdog. I'm like, "Oh, that's interesting. I actually thought of you before this call. Like, we should collaborate on a sheepdog training for civilians. And I know you you probably already have something like that, but it would be nice to do it through, you know, take them from where we are with field fit and kind of up a notch and, and teach them, you know, self-defense and mark and ship and offensive mindset and, you know, teach people how to be sheepdogs strong
0: yeah man. well you know i I'm all about empowering the people. I think there's a
1: lot of power
0: um uh in the country and around the globe these days, and it seems like yeah. less and less of it is in the in the hands of the citizens and right. I think that's counterproductive. I don't think that's best um for for quality of life and 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 um and the future of the people that I care about. so I'm all about empowering mm-hmm. the citizens, something like that yeah. you know falls right into my wheelhouse mark so yeah uh you yeah. want to do something like that, I'd be all over it
1: for a okay, well we'll definitely follow up on that
0: now there uh, is well, a course that i'm I'm teaching right now that it's called hard target training and it's just okay. to teach the average joe um uh couples families um single females anyone uh to become less easy to abuse and, and it it yeah. centers around a lot of the counter surveillance work uh that i've done and and um cool. you know a whole aspect of 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 situational awareness, threat recognition and all this right. sort of thing to really help make people uh that much difficult more difficult there to abuse, you know, to kidnap or ransom or any of these other right. uh things right. that are right. happening out there. So that's that's something that I've been enjoying here just more recently.
1: Cool. Now let's uh dig into that. How do we um how do people find out about it? Is that a is that a uh, three day course, week long course? What do people learn about that? Uh
0: that one it's configured right now as a one day course. And it runs okay. about seven hours. And um I'm hosting it all over the country as um okay. people are asking for it all over the place as they're finding out about it. That's really starting to, to increase. I just ran two of them in uh, Los Angeles uh, this past weekend. One at a big studio and another one out at the Bass Pro Shops.
1: So. Can we do can uh, it? Can it be done anywhere? Like, can we host one of those at Steel Fit Headquarters? This one, the way
0: the, re, the way I can configured this one with what would I want to train my own family to know of all the things that I've done. I don't need to teach them to skydive or to blow up a ship or, you know, a bunch of other things. But the things that I think my my family should know in all good faith, Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, I put together in this simple course that that can be taught literally in a classroom and a parking lot. Okay. Um, Alright, so I don't, I don't use any live fire in this one, uh, although I do cover weapon safety and, and mm-hmm. fundamentals with a pistol and carbine, okay. uh, to get people tuned up on it, but I find that I'm able to teach them much more quickly, uh, without it being a live fire situation. Right, and get the fundamentals solid with a laser training pistol and so forth right there in the classroom and they really, uh, absorb it much more rapidly. Yeah, yeah. And then they
1: go back well, to the fire idea. later. Mindset, weapon safety, and dry firing are 90% of, you know, handling a weapon anyways for, for the average person. So that's brilliant. I tell you what, I'm going to follow up and we're going to, we're going to get one of these scheduled as, as schedule, your schedule allows out here at, uh, at Shieldset because I'd love to, I'd love to hang out with you for a day or two. And and I know that our members would be all over this like white and rice. So we're going to follow up and get this thing scheduled.
0: All right. Well, let me pump out my website so people can find that one. It's, yep. it's at, uh, please, please. tacticalinsider.com. Okay. And there are several pages on there, and this is on the training pages. So if you go to tacticalinsider.com slash training, uh, you'll go straight to that page. And uh, I've got all the uh specifics on what's involved in the course and what you need to bring, which is basically just a notepad and sand to bring everything else. And cool. uh, all and the people-
1: dates and locations. And if people wanted to see you on the air, uh, on TV, are, do you have any shows that are, uh, live right now? Sniper Deadliest
0: Missions on History Channel, uh, was a, was a, a special about, um, different sniper engagements that, that, that re-airs yeah. frequently, uh, on History Channel. Okay. So that one's playing, um, there is a, a movie I, I filmed with Casper Van Dien. I, I got to act. <laughs> With Casper, and that was really cool, cause he, he was the guy from uh, Starship Troopers. And yeah, he's cool. a great actor, he's worked, there's been a ton of films, and uh, he actually taught me quite a bit while I was working, but it was great. Uh, that one's called Army Dog. And that one should <laughs> be out, um before long. We filmed that cool. one last year. And then there was one I just rapped, uh, with Arlie Ermey, Gunny. Um in fact, uh, today's Gunny's birthday. So, oh cool. Uh, yeah but um it's called Gunning Time. We had a lot of fun together. I think that's, that's going to be a really, uh, high octane show. We, we tore up all kinds of stuff in that one and, uh, I think people are going to learn quite a bit from it uh, and cool. be entertained at the same time. I
1: right, look forward to that. Awesome. Well, Craig, you know, I really appreciate your time today. I love the work you're doing and I look forward to, uh, supporting doing stuff together. We're, we're going to definitely get some of this, uh, one or two of these hard target things lined up out here in the West Coast. And so, uh, anyone who's listening to this, uh, go check out Craig's website, tacticalinsider.com. You might want to send your entire family to a hard target training. I tell you what, it's super important, super valuable that we all take responsibility for our own security and safety because you can't wait for the feds or someone else to do it for you. It's not going to happen. Uh, it's getting a little bit chaotic out there and you know, we all had to step up and be sheepdogs. Anyway, Craig, again, thank you so much for your time and uh good luck with everything
0: and we'll talk to you soon. Outstanding, Mark. I appreciate the uh the opportunity. Great chat, buddy. So
1: thanks for having me on. Likewise. We'll see you Likewise. soon. Yeah. All right, folks. Uh that was an awesome show. Um I want to thank Craig again for his time. You know, if um I really encourage you to check out that training. I'll tell you what, we just you know, follow up uh at com and you'll hear more about um we're gonna get something uh scheduled. I definitely want to do that. So um until next time, train hard, stay focused, and I forgot things to have fun. Coach Devine out. Lock and load, boys.
0: Time to explode, boys. Make sure you get home, boys. They got your back, the pride of the fleet the bright swinging frogmen of the UDT.